welcome to Awaken Podcast. I hope you enjoy the teaching. Good morning. It is wonderful to be with you. Um, Again, uh, it would be uh, more wonderful if we were all in this space together, uh, celebrating our relationship, the love that we share together uh, in the person and the witness uh, of Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. And, And one of the things I love about this, and I experience it in your music and in the space and as we gather, It's what a place of welcome, safety, and belonging you are as a congregation. And and I think about that, welcome, safety, and belonging, it doesn't begin with awaken. It begins with the witness of God in Christ Jesus. The fact that God sent salvation into the world, and God didn't phone it in. God shared that salvation in the person of his very own son, who came into our human form, into our existence. And that witness is lived out in the person of Jesus Christ. And we're rooted in that. And as we gather um, this morning in the various places where you are right now, but for more than 2,000 years, the church has gathered in worship, founded in this message of welcome and safety and belonging. And that message is extended to everyone. So I'm thankful to be with you this morning. And uh, as I was thinking about uh, welcome, safety, and belonging, and thinking about the anxieties of our time, the the waiting that you're doing this week to get a word in terms of the meeting that uh, Pastor Micah had over the weekend uh, in Chicago. And I was thinking about listening. And I was thinking about my own experience. And so I invite you to uh, get comfortable. If you have a drink, if you're in your pajamas, wherever you may be, settle in, put your feet on the ground, take a deep breath, and and listen for the word of God. One of the things I, I was thinking about is so often I don't listen with the kind of deep listening that that really will take me to that place where I aspire to be. Even with my wife, so often when, when we're talking, particularly as there may be tension or anxiety, when my wife's talking, I'm not listening to her as much as what I'm doing is planning what am I going to say next. And so I invite us to really center ourselves and listen for the word of God. In spite of the tension that we might have or the distractions or what might be. And so, welcome, grace, peace, and mercy from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There are three points that I hope to convey in today's message. The first is clarity. The second is tension. 
And that tension is an outgrowth of our faith and our witness. That in the process of living our faith, we will face tension. And the third is the question of who gets to benefit from our witness. I want to begin with this grounding, if you will. Todd Bosinger writes about how we are living in a highly uh, uncertain world. It's easy for leaders to confuse clarity with certainty. He says that it is easy for a lot of people, including many leaders, to confuse clarity with certainty. That we just aren't prepared to, for the speed and the scale of disruption that we'll be facing over this decade. In this future world, simple will be good, but simplistic is dangerous. Simplistic solutions will become more alluring as the degree of uncertainty rises. An urgent need for what psychologists call cognitive closure can lure anyone into simplistic logic that confuses clarity and certainty. In a highly uncertain world, it will be easy for leaders to confuse clarity and certainty, including leaders we just aren't prepared for the speed and the scale of disruption that we are facing in this coming decade. In the future world, simple will be good, but simplistic will be dangerous. VUCA is an acronym for vulnerability, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. Everything in the Buca world will be risky, but clarity will offer lower risk, whereas certainty creates more risk. The difference between clarity and certainty is clarity usually expresses in stories, while certainty is usually relying on rules. Rigid rules can get leaders in a lot of trouble in the VUCA world, while stories encourage people to engage. And clarity is lucid and coherent. Certainty is definite and brittle. I hope you're capturing some of this and how it fits into the context of this weekend and our times. Bozinger proposes that great stories invite people and to add color within the boundaries of the story while rules punish people, churches, and leaders who violate them. Stories sing, rules shout. I believe the metaphor of the well and watering hole invites clarity rather than uncertainty or certainty. This is the world that the church is called to live in and bringing meaning, purpose, 
and liberation. Metaphors like watering hole, well, or oasis. Well, they speak of how awaken is a place, a people, a community offering clarity more than certainty. The gift of our witness tells the story of a faith community where people are the sustaining waters to quench the world's thirst. In our highly uncertain world, it's easy to confuse clarity with certainty. People and institutions just aren't prepared for the speed and the scale of disruption we will be facing over the next decade. So that in our future world, simple will be good, but simplistic will be dangerous. Simplistic solutions will become more tempting as the degree of uncertainty rises. The real reality was true also in Jesus' time. For the text for the day, uh, it's uh, the story about um, Jesus is in his home in Capernaum, and in his home, after having been in Galilee, uh, preaching to people, healing people, <clears throat> he's in the home in, in Capernaum, and there's a great gathering. There's so many people gathered around Jesus that you can't even get in the door. And as they gathered are, uh, around Jesus and the, the dynamic that is just a place full of people surrounded and surrounding Jesus, there's a paraplegic man, a paralytic, who's a little distance away, and he can see the dynamic. He can see the celebration of people who are surrounded by Jesus. And, and as that distance is there of those who are surrounded by Jesus, and this paralytic who's not able to be there, uh, the, the story turns toward four people who walk over to the paralytic and they lift him up on his mat and they dare to venture over to where Jesus is gathered with a place where there's no more room for anyone else to enter. And they take that paralytic and somehow they gather him up and they lead him up to the top of the roof of that house where Jesus is gathered. And they mess with the roof. And they enter that paralytic down to where Jesus is. And then what happens in the story is as that paralytic is, lay, is uh, lowered down to be before Jesus, Jesus turns to that paralytic. And the witness of those four people that dared to bring that paralytic into that space. And Jesus says to the paralytic son, it's really important to recognize, he calls that paralytic son, and then he says, your sins are forgiven. And then what happens in the story is then there's some scribes, some good, faithful, religious, institutional people rooted in certainty that question, who is Jesus to forgive someone's sins? The tension of the text. But the gift of the text is that Jesus calls this paralytic son. 
daughter, child of God, in a world which is fragmented, a world where to be a paralytic, to be labeled, to be stigmatized, was to say that you are not a part of God's promise. You're not a part of God's salvation. But Jesus lifts up this message. And so there are two things about this text that really want us to uh, uh, dive our spirits into and our deep listening to whom God calls son, whom God calls daughter, whom God calls child of God. That as we're gathered in this space, awaken, welcome safety and belonging. We, we, we embrace that. We, we, we are enriched that in, in that experience. We're called in that experience, but we're called to share that wonderful world, word out in God's world. That everyone is welcomed, everyone is safe, and everyone belongs. Praise God. That is our calling, and it's a 200 I'm sorry, a 2,000-year witness of salvation and how salvation comes into our world. Um, when I was uh, in college, I had a mentor, and um, his name is Bob Holst. He was my professor in college. He went on to become the president of Concordia University in St. Paul. And uh, Bob grew up here in Minnesota on a dairy farm. And he talks about on the dairy farm as he was growing up, how he loved to uh, work in the garden. He loved being in the soil. He loved growing things. And after Bob graduated from high school, he went on to college and then seminary. And after he graduated from seminary, he was assigned uh, to be a missionary in the mountains of New Guinea. So as he gathered on the mountains of New Guinea, um, he found that he was the first white person that the villagers had ever seen. So he talks about how for him, he'd go months before he saw anybody that looked like him. And so what he began to do is that as Bob was, uh, he started raising chickens. And as the chickens became plentiful, Rob began to um, go about the village and he just started giving chickens away to people. And he gave chickens to people throughout the village. Uh, then one day, uh, Bob came, and uh, the elders came to Bob, the elders of the village, and they said to Bob, we want you to stop giving chickens to everybody. And they said, we only want you to give chickens to people who are converts. Well, that didn't register right with Bob, but Bob was a good farm boy from Minnesota. And if the elders say that you don't give chickens to everybody, then you don't give chickens to everybody. So he stopped giving the chickens to everybody. And over time, it just didn't settle with Bob. It didn't, um, it didn't for that kind of clarity that Bob had heard through scriptures and in his study and, and in his gathering and in his faith formation. So after a period of time, Bob just started raising those chickens again, and he started giving the chickens again to everybody throughout the village. And one day, the elders came to Bob again, 
And they said to him, we want to know more about a God who cares enough to give chickens to everybody. Clarity over certainty. People of God, we're called to enter into these places and spaces where we don't necessarily know what the answer is, but we know of a God who loves us. We know of a God who calls us sons and daughters. We know of a God who dares enough to give God's own life in order that the world might know God's salvation for the entire world. And so we take this experience of welcome and safety and belonging and how it transforms us. And we carry that witness with us into the world where God blesses us to say to others, you are a child of God, a son and a daughter of God. So awaken. You are within you the clarity and the love of God to share God's story, God's love. The church and the world needs you. Sometimes that means that we'll need to be those people who dare to mess with the structures like the four people who brought that paralytic that he could be before God. I pray that you will carry with you this day and this week the power, the conviction, the love of God to make more clear who God is and why God came in order that all might know God's salvation through God's love. Amen. I invite this time of silence. Again, as we continue to center ourselves, listening more deeply to God. Saint of God, I, I truly hope that one of the parts of the message that we carry with us is a prayer for our elders and those who are maybe stuck in certainty and the vital role that we carry with us to be those voices of tension and hope for those who do not yet know that God is there for them as well. So in our benediction, let us go forward knowing that there's no rooftop that we're not called to climb down. There's no lie that we're not called to tear down. There's no pandemic that we won't go through to share God's clarity and God's love and God's world. Amen. Find us online at www.awakencommunity.com.
or on Facebook at www.facebook.com backslash Awaken Community. Or on Twitter, Awaken Community. See you next time.